0: Welcome to CritterCast, episode fifty We woo-hoo! made
1: it we did it to, we, we made it to episode fifty oh my and gosh. If I blew out your eardrums it 's just because i 'm excited I'm so excited and that 's just that 's just life today,
0: yep, and we knew since it 's episode fifty we wanted to go big or go ho- wait no because we are at home, so we 're going big at home
1: there you go yeah we just we knew this is no surprise. You guys have seen it all over your social media, all over the news. If you watch the news, there are big things happening in the world, and some of those things are impacting our critter friends. And so it's just important here at CritterCast that we address those things and figure out what's going on, how can we help, all that good stuff. Yeah. And that's what you're you're in for on CritterCast episode 50. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their our teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast, because you're listening to Critter Cat. Is it? That's the theme song. <laughs> in case, case you had forgotten,
0: that's since it. the last episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we have a full a full list of yeah. things to talk about today. Yeah. So we should probably just get on, dive started. right on in. Just get on there.
0: Well, a lot of this is you know stuff like you said that is been talked about in a lot of different spheres, and we know that a lot of our podcast pod animal allies are talking about related things too so we're going to make sure to link to everybody who's been doing related episodes so that y'all can get as full of a picture as you want (laughs) if you need to take breaks that's okay some of this is intense stuff of course we are CritterCast and so we bring our own delightful CritterCast spin to it what does that mean
1: What what does it mean? Well, here at CritterCast, if we forgot to announce ourselves, which we absolutely did, I'm Karina. I'm Cassie. And we're co-hosts of this wonderful show. We do bi-weekly episodes. And usually we pick an animal and we just talk all about what they are, what they're all about, where they come from. Why do we love them? Yes. Why do we love all animals? And so we just, we like to keep things light. We like to keep things funny. We're very unscripted. You'll hear the errors. That's just life. Um, and so when, when we, when we're ready to talk about heavier subjects, it's really important to us to, to keep a, a light tone still to, you know, cause I know I don't look into these depressing things because I don't, want to see all the bad stuff in the world right? because it makes me sad.
0: (laughs) And self-care is important and that's totally okay to step down and be aware when things are getting too intense or too dark for you, that's do that. But also it's important to
1: stay educated and know what's going
0: on. So we strive for that perfect balance Mm -hmm. here of helping you stay educated, helping ourselves stay educated But also not getting so dark that we feel like there's nothing we can do.
1: We'll show you the light at the end of the tunnel. Bingo. Absolutely. That's right. That's
0: what we're all about. The light. We're all about the light.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, today, specifically, we are talking about koalas, which we told you we were going to talk about last episode. So if you heard episode 49, which we surely hope you did, uh, you know that's what we're talking about today.
0: Yep. You should know also from our title and (laughs) the cover art that is on our social media but you know who knows maybe you didn't look at that yet
1: maybe that's okay yeah
0: yeah so we have a lot to talk about with koalas today and we're not going to keep it exclusively just koalas either because there's a lot of animals who've been impacted with what's been going on in australia right
1: so i guess the first thing we probably need to address is what is actually going on in Uh. australia because I just see a lot of memes and a lot of links to articles that I have not clicked on. Right.
0: Because it's sad. Right. Yeah. So there's been these bushfires that have been burning in Australia. That in and of itself, not unusual. Right. Just like here in California.
1: Fires, you know, they happen seasonally. And yep. sometimes they're really, really bad. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a part of our ecosystem. And when we totally reduce all fires that's not great either because then after a little while you get a lot of buildup. And then when a fire does come through, it's a terrible, terrible fire. So like, you've got to have some seasonal burning to just like keep the undergrowth down and keep everything manageable. But right. As climate change has been happening and global climate warming is a thing. That means that temperatures have been hotter. Right. And droughts have lasted longer and we know that here we understand we went through a terrible fire season. Um, was it last year? It wasn't 2019. It was 2018.
1: Yeah. E- yeah. Like well, there was, there was multiple. So last year was the paradise fires, but in years prior we had like all of Sonoma County yeah, and like Lake it's County, just been Butte County. Yeah. Like it's been, it's just been bad. It's been bad. Yeah. It's been bad.
0: So that's what they're going through in Australia. This year, there's been really high temperatures. The, um, the temperatures in December broke the record for highest nationwide average temperatures, according to CNN. So that's, yeah. that's great. And then also, they've been having their worst drought in a decade and their driest spring on record. Right. So you so put all just, that
1: together, and there you go. It's you prime. Go. It's just kindling for flames. Exactly. One little spark.
0: Exactly. So while it's not unexpected, and they were not unprepared to have a right. fire season, right? This has been a really, really bad one, right? Um, I guess earlier in December, the smoke was so bad in Sydney that air quality measured 11 times the hazard level.
1: Ooh. Yeah. That is just awful.
0: And while every state in Australia has been affected, there's been a couple of places that have really primarily been impacted. Right. The area of New South Wales has Mm -hmm. been impacted the worst. That's where blazes have torn through, this is a quote from CNN, blazes have torn through bushland, wooded areas, and national parks, including the Blue Mountains. They've also hit some of the suburbs, like the outer suburbs Mm -hmm. around Melbourne and Sydney too. Right. So...
1: Highly human populated areas. It's not just wildlife that's been affected. Everything. Everything.
0: And even if you don't live near the fires. Right.
1: We know from experience that smoke can impact air quality for miles and miles outside of where fires are and make it really, really hazardous for anybody that goes outside. Yeah. Or doesn't have good air filtration.
0: Yeah, exactly. We literally couldn't take our dogs for walks for
1: almost two weeks. Yeah. It was yeah, bad, and we were not close. Like we were in no danger. No,
0: of, no, we were of having hundreds fire of miles away. Yeah, so we we feel you, Australia. Our hearts are with you. Our lungs are with you. Mm. Um, luckily, luckily, it has been raining. Oh, good! Yay! Good. So here's hoping that the rain continues and the fires continue to burn out. Yeah, die down. But. Even when the fires die down, that doesn't mean that the impact on wildlife is over. Right. In fact, people think that a lot of the animals who die, die as a result of lost resources.
1: Right. Right. Because even if they didn't die actively in the fire, their homes are destroyed. Like, And they're not people that can just pick up and move. Not no. all animals are that adaptable. Exactly. Their homes are destroyed. Their food sources are all destroyed. Yep. There's no water. So yeah. And those are three things that every critter needs to yep. survive.
0: Yep. And we're not looking at a one time event either. No. As long as global climate change and global warming is happening. Right these fire seasons are going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. So what does that mean for the animals in Australia?
1: First, I would like to just soothe everybody into thinking when active fires are going on and all this disaster is happening and you're immediately seeing reports of all these animals are extinct, specifically koalas. Please don't just immediately buy into that. There is absolutely no way while active fires are happening for anyone to measure any population.
0: Nope. And extinct, that word is really... Scientifically specific yeah, to... Yeah, absolutely. Like, that means that there are no individuals alive who can continue to procreate right. in a way that would help to
1: rebuild right. the, the right. species. I mean, you have to be literally down to zero in order to be like Right, or, or to like One. two females. Right,
0: right. <laughs> or, you know, n- no way to yes. build that, that species back up yeah. without like divine intervention. Right. So... Yeah, that's that's a really great point. However, yeah, we have no numbers, right? right? But scientists are estimating, like, all sorts of ranges of numbers of impact on wildlife, right? Some scientists estimate that so far the fires have killed from hundreds of millions to more than one billion native animals. Like you said,
1: it's impossible to know, right? Right. It's because we're also talking about like large mammals that people think of and also teeny tiny insects. Those are still native wildlife. Right. Right. Oh God, poor fish. I know. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we're talking about and probably an outrageous number of individuals. Yep.
0: Yep, exactly. And because they are so cute and cuddly and really darn defenseless against fire, koalas have suffered a lot during this fire season. Right. And they've, the pictures of them that I'm sure you've all seen have just become kind of a symbol of the impact of this fire season. You know, these are the pictures of koalas with little burned singe spots, and right. it's just, it's really sad. Sitting in people's at. cars. Yeah. asking for water. Right. Uh, it's right. heartbreaking. Right. And that's why. It has such an emotional impact and why it's become such a strong symbol of the fires because right.
1: it hits us right in the feels. Oh, yeah, I mean, when you have animals that can run away and whose primary homes aren't up in the air where the fire goes first, exactly. Uh, it's, it's a little bit harder to, to kind of grab that image and exactly. grab an entire globe full of people yep. to get them wanting to move. But Hey, you know what? If it gets people going, yeah, there's marketing for you. Absol- absolutely.
0: You know what? We we need to care about all the species. And if pictures of cuddly, defenseless koalas help us to remember that and to take some actions, then let's do it. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the koalas really according to Dr. Christine Adams Hosking are super defenseless in fires. Right. They're really helpless. Um, she says a bird can fly, a kangaroo can hop really fast, but koalas are really slow. Yes. So they're basically just
1: stuck where they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no, no chance there.
0: Yep. We don't know how many koalas have been impacted by the fires. Right. The chairman of the Australian Koala Foundation Uh, estimates that a 1,000 koalas have probably been killed by the fires. And even worse, that 80% of their habitat has been destroyed.
1: Right. So even the ones that have been saved, whether they were injured or not, don't really have a home to go back
0: to. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing with koalas is that they don't live all around Australia. Right. And their main habitat is right in the areas that have been most impacted by the fires.
1: Right. Yeah. Which is, of course, why... Again, they're one of the top species people are mentioning when they're talking about the impact of these fires. Exactly.
0: Yep. Oof. And we don't know what the full impact is, and we won't know. We won't ever know. Right. And we, we won't even have an idea until after the fires are out. Right. But we do know that all wildlife, from kangaroos and koalas to bats and bog skinks to birds like honey eaters and Eastern bristle birds. They have all been impacted by right. these fires. So what they're doing is they're, they were species that were already facing declining numbers. Right. And that are going to have an even tougher time recovering. Right. With this loss of individuals
1: and with habitat. Right. Uh, yeah. You, know, you doing okay? I mean, Mental this is a little in. bit longer than I thought it was going to be on all the sad stuff, but you know, I know here we are. I know.
0: Okay. Well, don't lose hope Mm -hmm. because we're going to talk at the end of this episode about what action you can take. Right. But the main number one thing is don't turn your ears totally off. Right. Right. Like if you're listening right now, don't turn off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. With this amount of destruction, it can be really easy to think that there's nothing anyone can do.
1: Right. I mean, I don't. Mm, I get it, but also they're not extinct. We know that for sure. There are many, many that have been rescued. And that in and of itself is a reason to know, even if it's just to help the ones that are still alive, they need help. And I think that's why it's more important to talk about what
0: challenges they're facing and what sorts of actions we can take than calling them functionally extinct, even though that has a lot of impact. Right. It doesn't result... In action.
1: Right. It just results in people going, oh my God, no more koalas. Exactly.
0: Yep. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go watch TV now because I can't handle the sad. Yeah. And I get it. I do get it. Like, that's a very human response. But according to Chris Johnson, who's a professor of wildlife conservation at the University of Tasmania, we're not going to see koalas go extinct this fast or any endangered or threatened species that wasn't already. Very, very, very Like
1: close. critically yeah. endangered. Yeah. Basically extinct. Exactly. Yeah. These
0: populations will continue to decline because of a lot of interacting reasons, but we're not at the point where one event could take them out. Right. You right. Know? Which is good. Yes, exactly. So our actions at this point and going forward are super important. We're going to be talking about what specific actions you can take at the end of this podcast. But the number one thing you can do is speak up. Advocate for animals to protect them and their habitats.
1: Right. Koalas, other native Australian species, and all species, whether they're endangered or not, in your area, Yep. be passionate. Know what's going on and advocate for them. And that's all we can ask of our CritterCast listeners. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And be aware of... What sorts of protections are offered and be politically engaged enough to support the actions that are available? Like koalas, for example, are themselves legally protected. It's illegal to shoot or kill a koala. Mm -hmm. But their habitat isn't.
1: Right. And that's their biggest danger is deforestation and habitat loss. Right. So... Because a human being right. with a machine to cut down trees can actually be a lot more destructive than yep. some bushfires. Yep. As or, devastating as the bushfires are, it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it it's always sad to see that people will will rally around natural disasters yeah. in a much different way than they will ever rally around humans causing problems. Right. right. And
0: it's not individual humans, right? It's big corporations. Right. It's big political engines. So, you know your individual actions, of course. Like, yes, use reusable straws, awesome. But also right. hold the people who are the the corporations and organizations Actually
1: responsible for yes. all this stuff.
0: Bingo. Hold
1: them responsible. Yeah. Demand better of them.
0: Write to your politicians. You
1: might not have the Protest. money to worry about reusable glass straws. Yep. But I guarantee they do. Yeah. So
0: so true. So true. (laughs)
1: Like that's just how it works,
0: folks. (sighs) That's great. All right. So we talked about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just talk about koalas now?
1: I do love koalas. That's. Do you like koalas? Have you ever seen in person a koala? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have koalas at the. I think it's the Oakland Zoo. They might have them at the at the San Francisco Zoo as well. Uh huh. But definitely the Oakland Zoo. They have like two. Nice. And they're like not really social with each other because koalas no. are not really social animals. No. But they just like hang out. Yeah. On the trees. They're adorable. That's just like they're so cute. That's the life. Yep. Koalas are
0: one of the first animals, like wildlife animals, that I remember reading about and learning about and getting really excited about animals. Mm-hmm. When I was a teeny teeny tiny little cassie.
1: Oh, uh, so you you it was wildlife that really, really sparked you? Yeah. It's just always been cats for me. It's just I mean, always been cats. Of course it's always been cats for you. <laughs> uh, and But you know what? I, like, I think it, it's just really easy to love koalas because they don't pose a danger. They don't, like, they, they're not threatening. And they just look like teddy bears. Yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. They're, if you were able to design an animal to call out to all of our protective instincts. It's a koala. Yeah. The big eyes, the fur, the little tiny
1: grubby like The little round ears. The little round ears. Just a little black nose. All of it. They're so cute.
0: It's so hardwired into our idea of like, oh, a tiny innocent thing with big eyes must protect.
1: Which is funny because they're actually not that tiny, but right. you know, they're that's all right. They're also
0: like kind of jerks
1: Well, you in know, that they, they are wildlife right? and not <laughs> stuffed animals. Yeah. You can't go pick one up and just hug it. Right, like, don't, but, don't do that. But I don't place like our idea of cute, cuddly behavior on how we interact you with wildlife. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go find a, a koala and hug it.
0: Um, unless you're saving
1: it from wildfire but don't even don't hug it
0: no don't hug it it, just (laughs) get it out of there and give it (laughs) safely some water (laughs) yes 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 accurate all right well let's talk about what makes koalas koalas so they're tree-hugging marsupials with big round ears and black oval noses Little little button noses
1: yes so cute yeah. And poop those little And noses. that's what makes a koala a koala. That's a koala. That's it. There you go. <laughs> End of the episode. No. No. What is the defining characteristic of a koala?
0: They're endemic to Australia.
1: Yes. Yes. They only live there. Yep. And only in specific areas. Accurate. So yep. there you go.
0: They have kind of come to be really representative of the country. Mm-hmm. I think both because they're... They capture... Everybody's imagination's everywhere. Right. But also they've been really important to Aboriginal Australians too. And they've featured really prominently in um, like lore and art and storytelling. So it's, it just is, they're interweaved in every aspect. symbol of the country. Exactly. They are, of course, related to kangaroos, wombats, and possums. They have pouches in which they carry their newborns. It's part of being a marsupial. Yeah.
1: Which yep. means you have your little live babies when they are not fully developed. Yep. And then you take them back into a special warm pouch where they can nurse exactly. and grow and have all their fur. Because when they're born, they're naked. They're so And naky. they need to grow. Yeah, And they need to be good. And they can't be out in the elements. Exactly. It's just it's just like external pregnancy, which yes. makes very little sense to I know. me. What
0: What was the...
1: Well, I think part of it, too, is because, like, this extra pouch on the outside, however they evolved, there just wasn't room for babies to grow larger on Mm, the inside or, like, birth canal could be an issue. True,
0: true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just,
1: it's funky. It's also, like... Unlike a kangaroo pouch, right? Where you think of like, oh, this cute little like right up there right. and a the little baby head poking out on wombats and koalas and most other marsupials, the pouch is not in as cute or attractive as a place. Ah. <laughs> just saying. It's like right down there because the babies have to be able to right. be birthed and then find and crawl into the pouch when they have no eyesight, right. when they can barely hold on to it. Right. Like it's got to be nearby. Okay. Yeah. That makes does. sense.
0: Logistically. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Don't make it hard for those little naked babies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When when they're fully grown up, they spend most of their
1: time doing what? Clinging onto their parents. Yep. And until they're like fully, fully grown up and then eating. Yes. And sleeping. Yep. That's their lives. Yes. They eat and they sleep. Not unlike other slow metabolism animals we've talked about. I'm talking about sloths in case you didn't get it. exactly. When you have a metabolism that is so slow, (laughs) in order to do the very basic body functions like breathe and grow and maintain your internal temperature, you must eat... An insane amount of calories and you can't do it quickly because again, you're slow. So you have to be really smart about how you use energy. So it's really just slow grazing all the time with plenty of naps to save that energy. Yeah. It's really just, it's not, it's not a a very functional way to live.
0: But it's how
1: they live. Wait, that is how you live. Get out of here. I go to work every day.
0: You don't nap anyway. (laughs) I don't. Uh, Yeah, exactly. But it's
1: relatable, though. And I also think that's part of why people love them so much. (laughs) Because don't you want to just eat and sleep all day? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, in fact, they spend probably about three or four hours a day eating. And then about... 18 hours a day sleeping wow
1: i would have thought it was a little more balanced than that
0: no no No. it's just it's
1: a lot of sleeping it's a lot of sleeping
0: and part of that is to process the food that they're eating right like you said they have slow metabolisms and their diet is exclusively eucalyptus leaves
1: which are toxic to
0: most yes everyone so they take forever to digest
1: (laughs) just like you know what which is i always find animals that have the ability to metabolize talk otherwise toxic foods so fascinating because they literally are just like these plants are going to waste nobody is eating them no one
0: will compete with us for this resource
1: there you go yeah and and i know they don't Obviously, that's not how no. nature works. They don't evolve they don't to like think, think it. about it. But I like to think somewhere one day, Somebody one koala fill it. was just like, if we try hard enough, yeah. we won't die when we eat these things.
0: Koala leader says,
1: <laughs> come with me, friends. We're all just going to eat these poisonous, toxic leaves.
0: If we just try hard enough and sleep enough, we can do
1: it. Yeah, right. And hey, it worked. It worked. They so did. There you go.
0: That's right. Oh, goodness. So even though they're often referred to as koala
1: bears, they are not bears. Nope, not they bears. They're not part of the Oso, whatever the actual yeah. name is. Yeah. But not bears whatsoever. Marsupials.
0: Yeah, totally not even they're closely koalas. related to bears. I
1: think they're just, I think people accidentally call them koala bears because they kind of yep. resemble bears-ish. Yep. Apparently. But honestly, when you look close, do they?
0: I mean like the little rounded ears. Yeah, I guess so. Like kind of if yeah. you are Yeah. Apparently All the right. bear part got tagged on to um our current discussion about them mm-hmm. by English speaking settlers in the late 1800s. Mhm. But that perception has kind of been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and their their official scientific name is actually something like ash brown pocket bear. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah all right we go for description right yeah 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 <laughs> so they're two to three feet tall Mm-hmm. not which, that like small said, not that small no no it's two to three feet like that's a toddler
1: yeah yeah for sure i haven't seen a toddler in a while Bigger than, than any of our dogs.
0: Bigger than a bread box. Yeah. Smaller than a house. There you go. Yeah. And they vary depending on which subspecies they are. Mm-hmm. So the northern koalas will weigh around like 10 to 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And the southern koalas will weigh around 15 to 29 pounds or 7 to 13 kilograms. Right. The males are generally bigger than the females. Uh, not
1: Not uncommon in mammal species. No, but also kind of... The males
0: don't stick around to help raise the yeah, like, young. Why do you need to be bigger? The females have to carry the young and have the resources to care for it. So this seems like something they could work on. <laughs> yeah. I have a note for koalas.
1: I think they have enough on their plate right now. Oh. They oh, may take true. that note in like a couple decades. Okay. They can they can work on it in a few generations, I suppose.
0: <laughs> the koalas range in color from slate gray to reddish brown. And there have even been albinos or leucistic. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Oh, man, I'm having massive deja vu right now. And oh. I think it's because we've talked about other Australian mm. critters that have very similar dichotomies <sighs> of like where they're from, different subspecies, different colors. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe I just am reliving this timeline.
0: Maybe. Maybe possible.
1: Yeah, Chuck's writing different endings for me.
0: <laughs> We've been catching up on season 15 of Supernatural. Last season, so sad. Ah. Ah. Ugh. And just like Chuck koalas are not as cuddly as they appear
1: <laughs> no they are not <laughs> not with each other no nope. definitely not with you do not play well with others no they really don't again <laughs> relatable relatable we actually like all strive to be able to be the koalas we want to be right they remind me so much of sloths yeah so much yeah the, you know i don't i don't but the the difference being sloth can swim Yes. And they can swim fast. Yeah. And And they can run. I don't believe that koalas would be able to do that. No, they're pretty slow. But they are, you know, in in the way that they just function in their own little niche habitats.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I I see it. Occupy very similar. Spend
1: a lot of time in the trees. Yep.
0: Really deadly
1: to not be in the trees. Exactly. Have long claws. Long, but they don't cloth. use them for defense. No. So,
0: no, they only with, you use know, them hold on to, to the trees.
1: <laughs> you need something for the trees. Right.
0: They yeah. got to hug those trees real hard. And actually their hands are, are even built to cling really tightly to. Right. So just like the physical construction of their bodies. Right.
1: Is all meant to be tree huggers. Yep,
0: exactly. And that's all they'll hug.
1: Yes. Trees. Yeah. <laughs> don't make them hug you.
0: They have an excellent sense of hearing really bad eyesight yeah that's not surprising right their eyes are not as big as they could be yeah well
1: and also like what's the like come on right you need ears you don't need eyes it's fine
0: exactly and they have a great sense of smell Mm -hmm. so that helps them keep aware of their surroundings and be able to tell which eucalyptus trees are going to be the yummy ones
1: right Mm -hmm. right right because you know They're not all yummy. Some of them are more toxic than others. Exactly. You got to be able to know what Mm -hmm. level of toxins can I take in my body. And some of them don't have as much protein as others. Oh. Yeah. Well, look at that. See, only vegetarians would care about that.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, On average, a koala eats 1 to 1.5 pounds.
1: Of eucalyptus leaves?
0: Yes, a (gasps) day. Puppy,
1: come here. And that's not even like they're not stripping and eating the bark or the sap. Nope. It's straight up just, just the leaves. leaves. And if y'all have seen a eucalyptus tree and you've seen a eucalyptus leaf, we have a lot of them in the Bay Area for some reason. I think they were like implanted there and right. then they just well, happened. similar climate too. And like they, they're just, they're thin. They're super thin, small leaves. To be able to eat that many pounds of yeah. those yeah it's like an obscene amount and only in four hours a day they must eat faster than i think we're gonna have to watch some koala video <laughs> right because like it's obviously not like a cartoon like na but it's got to be yeah. faster than i'm thinking yeah for sure yeah it's not sloth it's level because sloths right yeah. actually like chew slow
0: yeah no they're they're not nearly as like
1: slow moving. Langora. Yes. Yes. No, I think they like eat at a normal pace. And if you're just like constantly eating for four hours, that scares me. Like how much could I eat if I sat here and just snacked for even an hour? (laughs) Just like a whole hour. hour. I don't know. Challenge accepted. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to know.
0: Oh gosh. And we were talking about the fact that they don't eat all eucalyptus leaves. Right. In fact, There are more than 700 eucalyptus species, mm-hmm. but koalas only eat fewer than 50 types. Nice.
1: But again, they, yes. they only live in certain areas. So it's probably, right. they're not being like, it's not like they're sitting among 700 trees and. Mm, refusing. No, but yeah, though.
0: <sighs> yeah. yeah. These tree species are everywhere. Not saying they, they would like cross the entire Australia to get to a new type but yeah even when given the option they're like "Mm, i don't want that one
1: and now is that because that one would hurt me or is that because i'm being picky for nutritional value probably both Mm. yeah like if you like in zoos if they if they somehow had the wrong eucalyptus they would not eat it the koalas would just starve themselves yeah that is so ridiculous. I'm a picky eater, but like, if it's not gonna kill you, okay, and you're otherwise
0: gonna starve. I have seen you not eat dinner.
1: Yeah, but that's because I'm not hungry.
0: Because the food was not as good as you wanted it no, to be. No, that's
1: because I'm not hungry. Mm,
0: okay. You don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. You okay? I was drinking my coffee. Oh, okay. What's up? Oh, all right. You
1: were gonna talk.
0: And drink your coffee. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so baby koalas. Yes. Just like baby kangaroos are called joeys. Joeys, so cute. Are baby possums called
1: joeys too? I don't think so. Huh. They're also not born one at a time though. True. Like baby opossums are usually born in small litters.
0: Yes, right. Interesting. They take about 35 days to gestate.
1: within within, inside
0: inside. yeah Mm -hmm. and then they crawl out and when they come out
1: they are teeny tiny centimeters literally like how are you even but and yet fully formed yeah i mean minus the fur and ability to use a lot of their body parts yes but it's not like like at 35 days a human is still some cells yeah like doesn't even resemble a human no but a 35 day koala is a teeny tiny naked koala yes and it like if you looked at it you'd be like well i can't tell without the fur a hundred percent what that's supposed to be but but it's definitely a baby animal it's a lot and not
0: a group of cells right right which is crazy so crazy and like you said they climb into their mother's pouch and latch onto one of the teats and they stay there yep for six to seven months right yep (laughs) which i'm like (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep all right whatever yeah yeah so there yep. you go
0: <laughs> and then once they're once they're strong enough to push past the muscle that keeps the pouch closed right then they can start coming out for like short little trips right and that happens at around six or seven months right and that's when they'll start trying out those yummy yummy eucalyptus leaves
1: right that's their weaning yeah
0: process. exactly because
1: when they're in the pouch that's it. Yeah, like, that's it. You know, you just have milk and that's what you survive off of, which yep. is what human babies survive yes. off of and what most animals survive off of for a, a time period. Right. But the, their thing is, you know, when when other mammals are born right. and they come out, it's like, Sorry, you're part of the world now, no matter how cold you get, no matter how grumpy you get, no matter how much you want to be swaddled again. But then they have like multiple chances. I'm born. I hate this into the pouch. I can. (laughs) Oh, I'm finally beginning to come out. Ooh, back into the pouch. (laughs) And like, they could just do that.
0: Another way in which koalas are hashtag goals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, ooh, change my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to move back home mom. (laughs) Can I still use your basement now? And how long will koala mothers who we've, we've already kind of briefly mentioned, they're not social species. How long will they put up with that? Another six months. All right. So not too long, Mm -mm. really. They have like, by the time they're like a year and a half. Yeah. Mom's like peace.
0: Yeah. Between a year to a year and a half. Once the baby is fully weaned and not a baby no more. Right. Mom's like, okay, you're a toddler now. Your own tree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can have the tree next door if you want. I don't really care. Yeah. But as soon as I want that tree, you'll have to move. Yes.
0: <laughs> like for a while, you can be a few branches below me. Yeah. But I'm not going to wait for you or anything.
1: Right. I'll just keep going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> and they're kind of territorial too. Right. Right. So I mean, they don't get into like huge, huge fights. right? You're
1: not going to be seeing like, you're not going like, to be seeing koala death matches. Right. They're just they They don't have enough energy for that. They just uh, straight up. Don't that's my new band name. Koala death matches. Koala death match. right. Okay. Oh yeah.
0: Sounds good. Find me on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. No. And they need about the space of a, around 100 eucalyptus trees for their own personal territory.
1: Oh, it's not even you can have the tree next door. No. You can have the tree 110 trees next door. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. like, we need property. Yeah. I don't want to be right next to my neighbors. No. Uh-uh. I need space I need to do space. my thing. That's right. I need space to eat. Yep. And sleep. Yep. I mean, honestly, this just seems like... Like everything up until now, I was fully understanding. Okay, I get it. This is the best way for you to live. But being territorial in nature, like I guess as an individual, you know, you don't want to run out of eucalyptus leaves exactly. when you need to eat so many a day.
0: Exactly. That's what it is.
1: Because by the time you get around to tree 100, yeah. the first tree has regrown plenty of leaves for you to snacky on.
0: Yeah, they got a process. Right, right. Yeah, it may not be the process for everyone, but it works for them. All right. Okay. And they are reaching full maturity at around three to four years old mm-hmm. for the males. Um, and the females mature, of course, a lot faster. <laughs> and they reach full maturity at two years old.
1: See, now that's not always true of all mammals. Yeah, that's true. Because a lot some of times of them females are like, need longer because they need to be time, breeding ready, dear. you know? Yep. And the males are like, ready to go. Let's go. Right. No. Koalas
0: Koalas did it
1: the other way around. Nobody's really ready to go anyway, so I get it. Yeah, it's fine.
0: They they take the males take their time at least, so mm-hmm. it, whatever. In the wild, koalas can live 10 to 15 years.
1: All right. Yeah. Pretty I'll take decent. It. Not not terrible, but And they have like t- at least 10 years as fully mature breeding adults to yep. help to help keep the species numbers good. Exactly. So that's promising. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Was that enough like background information? I think so. Can I I get to the
0: weird but true stuff now?
1: I mean, other than we only subsist on a diet of toxic leaves, (laughs) go for it. Okay.
0: So the word koala derives from an ancient aboriginal word that means no drink because they almost never drink water. They get about 90% of their hydration from the leaves that they're eating.
1: Which is funny to me because eucalyptus leaves don't seem particularly lush and full of water.
0: That's why they got eat so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys. Oh,
0: I know. Also, they are one of the only species other than humans that has fingerprints.
1: All right. Yeah. Primates, I can see it. Right? Primates have
0: fingerprints too. Right. But koala fingerprints are, despite uh, except for the size, almost... Indistinguishable from human fingerprints.
1: Whoa! Isn't that funny? Like they have the same pattern. Yeah. And do they have unique fingerprints yep. just like us? Yeah. Wow. Right. There you go. Crazy. Who knew? You don't need to even tag or chip those things. Just fingerprint them and go. Yeah. That's just how we we'll keep track of exactly. everyone.
0: <laughs> Unless they learn how to burn. Live their own. scan
1: digital digital fingerprints. You don't even have to put ink on them. Someone's been working in volunteer services for too long. <laughs>
0: Uh, Koalas are not very vocal
1: Yeah I don't feel like I Would even be able to tell you what noise they do make Other than maybe like a meep or a squeak
0: Yeah they have like a small range Of noises that they make To like they snore Well that's not surprising Yep, They can scream especially when they're angry so if you try to pick one up and do not want to be picked up? They do that. Yep. And the males have a particularly loud call that they make during breeding season. Right. Where are you at? Hello.
1: Hello. Yeah. Pretty ladies. Yeah. Sounds like that. Um Can I have your number? Yeah. Can I have it? Can I and Can the I have ladies it? Have a also loud
0: call that they make when they're ready to uh, get some time on.
1: My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. Just like that. Just, Just like, like that. they blast that. That's really exactly loud. what it is. Yeah. yeah. That sounds perfect. Talk about a booty call. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Oh, goodness. They have a sink gland. On their chest, that they like to rub against trees to show this is my tree, this is my tree, this is part of my property, this is my
1: property line. Go away, don't touch it, my tree. Yeah, and
0: that scent gland is bald, so if you're looking at like a a bald spot, they had a bald spot on their chest. Is it
1: really, it's probably kind of small though, like it's like a little, and then if you look from far away, you just see fur. It's not like I have this big, bald chest. Yes, yep, accurate, also. They got butts that do not stop. They, they just are
0: poop all day long. Australia's butts. No, they're strong.
1: Oh. They are amazing butts. That didn't that didn't translate. Just well, letting you know everyone's going to immediately think that they just spend all day pooping.
0: Okay, let me rephrase this. <laughs> Koala butts like Captain America's butt is America's butt. Koala butts are Australia's butt. That makes a lot more sense. Edit that. So (laughs) I just said that. Okay. Okay. So living in trees and being wedged between rough branches requires a lot of support. Right. Luckily, koalas have really strong cartilage at the end of their spine that allows them to sit for hours and hours and hours in trees.
1: Right. It can't be muscle down there because it would tense up and all kinds of crazy stuff. So basically like cartilage is what your like Mm earlobes and the bits of your nose are made of. And you like your earlobes don't, you know, you could. My earlobes never get tense. Yeah. No, they don't because it's not muscle. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay.
0: Parental units. This is your warning. Turn the volume down. Down, 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 down. Nope, a little bit further down. Okay. Okay, good. Make sure ears are covered up. Okay, that's your last warning. Koala girls, they got each other's backs and other things occasionally. What? Oh, yeah. In captivity, sexual encounters amongst female koalas have been known to involve up to five females. And those encounters tend to last twice as long as male to female encounters.
1: I, but what uh, What do you... Uh, mm. Same-sex orgies. Uh, yeah. But you can't... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Small little asexual Karina does not understand. <laughs> I don't... It does not compute. I will not get it. Please let us move forward. Okay.
0: Okay. Parental units, you can turn the volume right back up now. We're good to keep moving on. All right. That's the weird but true. So now I got some conservation information for you guys.
1: Give it. Okay. We want to know. We, we were fully convinced. Koalas in Australia had a hard time. Koalas continue to have a hard time. Koalas are cool. We want to help them. Yes. How do we do it? So many ways. Okay. So first of all, they're not even listed as
0: endangered yet
1: garbage. Yes. They're protected, but not in danger.
0: Well, their numbers aren't decreasing so quickly that they need to be listed as endangered.
1: Right. Although a, there's a temporary like involved. natural disaster does not equal right. the whole species is at risk. Exactly. You got to give them time to see, can they regrow that population yep. quickly or not? Yes. But there is politics
0: involved because once you say something is endangered, then you got to start making some protections for it. Right, so, and they don't really want to do that. Yeah, so the IUCN, which is the International Union for Conservation of Nature, which is like they put out like the red lists and stuff. Right, they um, they ha- actually have koalas listed as a species of least concern. Ooh, which nah, friends, yeah, is definitely nah.
1: was probably not true before the bushfires at all. No, and is definitely not true now.
0: Nope. And the Australian government has listed koalas as vulnerable since 2012. Mm. So at least they're recognizing that. Right. The Australian Koala Foundation estimates that there are between 43,000 and 80,000 koalas left in the wild. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service lists koalas as threatened, which is the next step to to endangered.
1: Right. Because it's vulnerable, threatened. Vulnerable,
0: near threatened, threatened, endangered. (laughs) And then critically endangered. Yes. And then...
1: Extinct, or in f- functionally extinct, is not like it's not an actually actual term. a term. Okay,
0: no, cool. Mm-mm.
1: I mean, I just I know I've looked at that chart like again and again, but always yeah. oh, a, a refresher is nice. Yeah, totally.
0: They don't have many natural predators.
1: That's nice, isn't that nice? I guess. I yeah. mean, you know, what is there on a koala that you'd really want? And like, it had it would have mm, to be something that cartilage. Could, Right, it would have to be something that could climb up the trees and yeah, uh, they doesn't seem worth the effort.
0: Well, and the only time that koalas are on the ground is when they're moving from one tree to another. Right, and during that time they're pretty vulnerable. Right, because they're not very fast. Right, and as urbanization Mm -hmm. is increasing and we have fewer trees close together. Yeah that means that the time that they spend down on the earth is longer. Right. And so then they're at more risk.
1: Yeah. And I feel like now that I've said it, one particular type of animal I could see being very interested in a koala is, is a very large snake because they eat whole things, Oh, right. Sure. They don't care muscle to bone to fat ratio. Yeah, absolutely. Suck it up there. There's also dingoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're scrappy and don't really tend to care very much either.
0: Yeah. So dingoes, owls sometimes. Oh, man. Mm
1: -hmm. Murderous birds. Yep. Murder birds. Like the actual murderous birds. Terrifying and awesome. But I have a feeling where this conversation is going,
0: I could probably already tell you. So one of their biggest predators is actually domesticated cats and dogs.
1: Really, that's yep. actually not where I thought it was going. Oh, next. really? I, I thought assumed you we were, were going like, straight to humans. I oh, didn't realize that. But a hundred percent. But yeah, if if humans are building out into yep. their environment, not only is you know us cutting down their environment a problem, but yep. the pets and animals that we bring with us. Yep. And then allow outside unattended. Exactly. Cats, though, really, to small to, to babies. Smaller ones. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, I feel like I don't, I don't know many cats that would take on a thirty pound. Right. But koala, I mean, it's
0: like a raccoon size, right?
1: But a baby, yeah, a sure. Baby. And mm-hmm. and dogs, any large yeah, dog is going to go after is, that. is
0: domesticated dogs, yeah. Um, so easy solution.
1: Don't Keep let your, your pets cats outside. Cats and dogs inside, right? You got a fenced in yard. mean, you want to go sit out there with your cat on a leash so that it can't leave your yard. Awesome. You want to let your dog out into your fenced out yard? Go for it. Yes. Do not let them. Right. Roam. And don't
0: leave them out without supervision like at night. Right. Because koalas can definitely climb fences.
1: To try and get the eucalyptus trees in your yard.
0: And eucalyptus is pretty. We know you have eucalyptus planted in your yard. Basically, just be a responsible pet owner. Thanks. In addition to climate change and deforestation, Mm -hmm. another danger that koalas are facing is the sexually transmitted disease chlamydia. Yep. It's been estimated that up to 90% of female koalas might have chlamydia and chlamydia can lead to blindness and fertility and death. However, don't despair. There have been trials to give vaccines to chlamydia's at, or to chlamydia, to koalas. Mm-hmm. And that has been showing really positive signs of keeping koalas chlamydia free.
1: Okay. Yep cool yeah also the females have it the males that makes no sense well no it makes no sense i won't parental... i won't tolerate it but... i won't tolerate that information <laughs>
0: okay just fine.
1: disgusting i don't like it sorry unholy all right Shall we
0: talk about how to help these animals yes now?
1: please okay i asked for that 10 minutes ago No.
0: i had to make sure you knew all the ways in which they were threatened.
1: Ugh. All right. Just tell me how we Positive can Positive stuff. Aside from vaccines for gross things. Well, yeah. Support scientific efforts. <laughs> yes. To vaccinate. Always. Well, scientific and efforts in general, right? Exactly. To know what's going on, to figure out the best ways to protect them. Yep, 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 yep. Support scientists.
0: Support scientists. Use your voice and don't stop using it. Support actions to advocate for regulations to limit global warming. Mm-hmm. And push for protections for wildlife and for habitat.
1: Right. And the way, when we say support, there are many ways to do that, ranging totally. from free, you yep. know, talking with, using that voice, using whatever platforms and influences you have. Yes. Um, also, if you've got the money, yep. you can find specific causes that are trustworthy to donate to. I think yep. you have some specific I have ones prepared. Some. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I know it's so hard to be able to tell which
1: ones are actually going to use your money the way that right. you would want. Don't them just to. go on, GoFundMe and find the cutest picture of a koala no, and send your money there.
0: Because it's mine.
1: And also and I will use no, no man.
0: Yeah. Accurate. Indiegogo much better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so call and write to your local reps, vote in local elections. Uh, if you're wondering if you're in Australia and you're wondering, uh, how to get in contact with your representatives or your local government to push them to take actions to protect wildlife in your area, you can go onto the World Wildlife uh, Foundation website for information on how to send a message to key New South Wales politicians so that you can work to ensure a future for all of those animals. For reputable organizations to donate money to. Okay, this is our number, like, two, because money, it doesn't go bad. Right. Right. If you're sending like food or supplies, sometimes, unfortunately, those don't go to use. Right. Because food can go bad. Supplies can
1: be not exactly
0: what they needed.
1: Right. They can get them. I, I can tell you from firsthand experience in yeah. working an animal shelter, you get excess supplies. Yes. Because it's easy because people have things around the house and the, the sentiment is always appreciated. Right. But... Money can be used however it needs to be exactly. used.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So I know a lot of people really, really, really want to help and their hearts are full of love and light. And I, I love it. But check with local organizations first. Right. To make sure. So if you're, if you're a crafter and you've seen that Australia needs, um, you know, some crafted items to protect like joey pouches or right. or bat pouches or other things like that that's awesome but check with your local organization who's organizing those first right so see that if they've you know, got enough
1: exactly
0: yep yep because you don't want your hard work to go sit somewhere and, and end in someone's garage and, and never
1: even see an animal exactly
0: yeah exactly um money does not go bad Right. You can't have too much of it. No. If you're a nonprofit organization. Right.
1: And it and if you if you for some reason end up with enough funds for a current project, it just will wait yeah. until the next project. And exactly. there will always be a next project.
0: Exactly. And like we were talking about the fires themselves are a terrible problem. Right. But Even worse is the recovery and the lack of resources afterwards. Absolutely. And
1: that's right when people stop donating too. Right. Because people are like, cool, the fires are good. Yeah. Everything's good.
0: Yep. But no, if you've donated money, a certain percentage of that can be held in reserve to be used to increase those resources. Right. Absolutely. So here's some organizations that we have already vetted that are using their money in good ways and that have low overhead and admin costs Mm -hmm. and that seem to be pretty accountable. Mm -hmm. So Greening Australia, Climate Council of Australia, Australian Wildlife Conservancy, the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, Port Macquarie Koala Hospital, the RSPCA for New South Wales, the Australian Koala Foundation, Koalas in Care Incorporated, WIRES, W-I-R-E-S, and, of course, the World Wildlife Foundation. And we'll list all of these on our website and in the show notes, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we might even put up a... We might even be introducing a new tab to the website yeah. for, uh, for things like this. It could idea. be changed out and used. I love it. For whatever current events are happening. Because otherwise, you know, we're not expecting you to take notes on this podcast. No. If you're driving, please don't stop no. and take notes. no. Be safe.
0: No. We will make those information readily available to you in other ways. Also, you can, if you've heard of another organization and you want to support them, that's great. Do it, but double check them first on charitynavigator.org because that will tell you how they use their money. If mm-hmm. most of that money is going to like a head honcho or if it's actually HSUS. Right, exactly. ASPCA oh, I did what? it. I said
1: it. At least ASPCA has one shelter that's true i'll say that that's true i mean i i think they sp- they spend way too much money in other places yeah. but they do have at least one shelter accurate that's <laughs> not where i would put my money but no no accurate True.
0: oh yes okay so we'll put those up and you know what i think it would be a really awesome idea if we spent our patreon money this month
1: mm-hmm. on
0: donating to one yeah. of these causes
1: yeah yeah money that people have given to us Therefore, is, good. you know, usually we use that for our uh, reptile shows and outreach to yep. educate owners, and it's quiet season for reptile shows. Yeah. So we'd be happy to put that forward to a good cause yeah. if you're a, a Patreon supporter of us already, thank you for your donation to the Australian the wildlife one. animals and, and everybody there that's
0: right, and we might try and find one that hasn't been getting quite as much mm-hmm. Like I know the reptiles and the bird conservancies there haven't been getting quite as much money because well, yeah, other things because
1: people are thinking cute and furry right. and they're not thinking about the blue tongue skinks, exactly. so and their habitat is destroyed too, yeah, we might do wires or something yeah. like that, we'll let you know
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What else can you do? You can educate yourself and others. Yes. We don't have money. That's why we have a podcast.
1: First step, you guys, you already did it. You listened to this episode. Yay. You learned the hard stuff. We hope you you laughed along the way, but yeah. you did it. We will also be sharing all of the other podcasts and creators that yes. have done good work yeah. in, in this realm. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to share along anyone who's doing any crazy fear mongering. Um, but as long as they've done, you know, their yeah. good research, we're going to share those with you too. So yep. that's another way that you can kind of, kind of take pre filtered information, yep. in, which is a good way to get stuff. If you're not down for hours of filtering through, yeah potentially bad information <laughs> that's what I use podcasts for, yeah, do
0: my filtering for me, please, yeah, you are my filtration system podcast, there you go, thank you. Yeah. So we will will put in some links and we'll share the spread the word of other people who, like our friends at Varmint's podcast, say are kind to animals.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And likewise, in educating yourself and in educating your friends and family, please refrain from spreading and hitting share on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Anything that you have not yourself clicked and looked into and right. understood. That's kind of the number one way. That's yes. why everybody just got into a panic about koalas because everyone just kept sharing these sad stories with these big trigger words that really didn't mean anything.
0: Yeah. And actually that original... um article that mm-hmm. that called koalas functionally extinct yeah has gone back now and updated its title so mm-hmm. that's no longer the headline oh good yeah i'm glad because they were hey.
1: like oh we realize this is potentially yeah. problematic and if you push for responsible journalism yay you may be able to see results shocking maybe not in the united states but <laughs>
0: but hey there also act locally
1: yes you know it's
0: awesome to care about big things that are happening globally right. yes care about the whole world but act locally, too. Right. Because you can join your own local wildlife or environmental groups. You can leave out water for animals and bees. You can landscape your home with uh, animals in mind. And, and
1: you know, droughts in mind and low water yeah. usage. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Do what you can to support your own local ecosystem.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah. and you might learn that there are animals critically in need in your area that you weren't even aware right. of. Right. Absolutely. I think that's really important too. Take these moments in in times of great disaster to, yes, put a little bit of support, especially when it doesn't cost you anything yeah. and you have unlimited amounts of support to give. Yep. That's wonderful. You can give it to many places. But don't forget that things right in your area, all animals right in your area, whether they're animals in your local animal yep. shelters or wildlife in your backyard, mm-hmm. need our help and yep. our support and our advocation. Exactly. That's, we have our mouths and words and we make up... A big old chunk of the planet. Even though we are far outnumbered by all (laughs) of our critter friends, somehow we as a species think the whole world is for us. Right. So that's our job to stop thinking that way. That's right. And to realize that we are far outnumbered if there is ever a massive, massive... Uh, ecological shift and animals start overpowering us, <laughs> we're in trouble. So be kind to them. Otherwise, we'll exactly. be the first to go.
0: Yep, that's right. Be good stewards of wildlife and the earth and be kind to animals, like our friends remind us.
1: Absolutely. <sighs> I uh I think this was a I think this was a good balanced episode. It was a little sad there at the beginning. I hope you didn't click away. If you made it all the way to the end, you didn't. Yeah, so, thank congrats you. for making it. If you want to know more information about, you know, how we came to this research, all those nonprofits we talked about yep. and the other episodes and, you know, resources that we'll share, it's all going to for sure be on our website, yes. which is com. That's right. You can also find us occasionally sharing various things on our social media pages on instagram you can find us at crittercast podcast on Facebook you can find us at crittercast and on twitter you can find us at cast critter
0: yeah absolutely we have additional resources on our website too and we're going to add that new tab about some places where you can donate to support animals uh, you can also find us on patreon
1: Right. At Crittercast Podcast. I think it's just at Crittercast. At Crittercast? Yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Crittercast. hmm Yep. We also want to take a quick moment this episode. It's getting a little long. We know that. But uh, it's important to talk about our other collaborators. Yeah. We haven't had a promo for a while. Here's a promo for you for a really awesome podcast that we're actually going to be collaborating with in just a few weeks. So we'll give you more info on that when we solidify the details of when that episode will go live. Without further ado, please enjoy this promo. Ladybirds, ladybugs, lady ladybeetles, cochinilla-dee, whatever you want to call them, are a popular group of insects. That is, unless you're an aphid. My name is Rachel, and on every episode of my podcast, Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, I take you on a journey through the world of ladybirds, covering little known species, dietary habits, music featuring ladybirds, and even ladybird-related crime. Subscribe to my show whenever you get your podcasts.
0: Thank y'all so much for turning, tuning in today to the Big 50. Yay! Over the Hill podcast. Oh my god. We've done it. We hit 50 episodes. And thank you for sticking around and supporting us this whole time. Y'all are the Best. we
1: appreciate you we look forward to even more future CritterCast episodes maybe we'll take it a little bit more lighthearted next week as always if you want to hear about a specific animal never hesitate to shout it out yeah we love feedback if you love our podcast tell a friend follow us on social media share our content we are just wanting to spread our educational reach as far as we possibly can that's right i think that's it for today yeah if i'm not mistaken see yep. you later alligator after a while crocodile this is the CritterCast podcast